the one thing I urge people, you know, that are listening is that I actually don't think it's that crazy. And the reason why is because I was there for all the work that led up to that moment. And some other people were as well. Like I didn't just throw on that and just go do a quintuplet Murph. It was do one Murph. Okay, next week, do one Murph again. Welcome to the Sonico Project, hosted by myself, Travis Marshall, and Pat Forstall. The purpose of our show is to talk with those that have inspired us and discuss challenges in life, past and present. We hope these stories push you to chase new challenges and press on. Overall, we hope to build a community that lives out our mantra of someday never comes. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. So welcome, Joe Luminati. Uh, a little bit about Joe, graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, 25th Company, Go Bear Sharks. Uh, served as a surface warfare officer in San Diego, now veteran of the U.S. Navy. Founder of Illuminati Iron and host of the Strength in the Shadows podcast. Welcome, Joe. Appreciate you being on here, man. Thank you, John. It's an honor. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, so I was talking to Travis a little bit before we started. Um, I mean, I first came across your page probably like 2018 when I first got out to San Diego, I was super pumped um, seeing someone building out, you know, I guess it was like 2018, 2019, seeing you building out your gym. Um, and I was like right up the street in La Jolla. So um, that was all exciting to see. But so I think we'd love to just start with hearing a little bit about your origin story, you know, uh, some of your background for everyone, that, for people that don't know. Sure. Well, I appreciate the kind words, man. Basically, normal guy here normal human, grew up just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, like you mentioned or alluded to, uh, went to the Naval Academy, uh, graduated and then commissioned as a Naval officer in San Diego, California. I fulfilled my commitment as a service warfare officer, deployed twice overseas, um, had a good experience. It was definitely interesting to say the least, loved working with my sailors and Marines, but ultimately it wasn't fair to the taxpayers and their dollars to stay in the Navy and do something that I wasn't 100% in, especially towards the end. So I made the difficult decision of getting out of the service. Of course, loved the paycheck, um, loved working with the people that I did and some of the commands. But at the end of the day, you got to take that leap of faith and kind of go after whatever you want to, especially separating and now entering the world as a veteran. So one of the things, at least during my time in the military and even before so when I was at the Naval Academy, is I always loved personal training. I loved getting after it. And um, working with people brought me a lot of satisfaction and, and purpose and fulfillment. And so I went all in on that. And part of that journey with going all in was building a professional home gym right inside my garage. And at the same time, getting into van life, I had done a military exercise called RIMPAC in Hawaii. It was my first time ever in Pearl Harbor or in Oahu. And um, from that first moment where I got a taste of van life, in addition to the home gym life, boom, bought a van and currently right now live in van life as we speak. So van life and home gym life really took off for me, went all in with it, no apologies, no excuses. And I've been grinding ever since. And it's been super rewarding. Um, the fulfillment, the purpose I feel doing what I'm doing and making content and connecting with other people. Uh, to me, it's priceless. That's what's up. And so what, what like initially sparked that you know, fitness, like lifestyle, was it, were, were, you know, you kind of alluded to, were you, were you training super early on in life? Like what sparked that? You know, man, that's one of the things to this day that still fuels me is because no, I was lazy as hell in high school. And a lot of people laugh when I go off on rants on my Instagram story or on YouTube, whereas in high school, you know, I was an athlete. I played lacrosse, hockey, baseball, um, played a little bit of football as well. So I relied on my God-given ability there, but in regards to anything outside of practice, if it came to the weight room or extra runs or whatever, silent as a church mouse on this end. I mean, literally no extra work. So I think on one hand, I could probably count how many times I had gone and trained or, you know, crush some pull-ups or start learning how to bench press or squat or deadlift. Literally none of that in high school. So I was taller, a string being for sure, didn't have much muscle on me. And I didn't get 
accepted directly into the Naval Academy. And this is kind of the beginning of the entire story. There's a program. Um, obviously, you guys are familiar with NAPS, the Naval Academy Prep School. Well, I really wanted to get accepted into NAPS, um, but I didn't. They actually offered me a different route, which was called a foundation school program. And through the foundation school program, they would send you to a private school. The Navy would be completely, you know, on par there with paying for it. Stay out of trouble, get good grades, work on your fitness. Boom. Next year, you have a guaranteed slot into that next year's class at the Naval Academy. And so when I arrived at this private school, day one, because it finally clicked, it finally made sense for me. And that's the one thing is like your dad, your mom, a friend, they can, you know, tell you need to be doing X, Y, and Z, but until you feel it inside and you're ready for that change, you're not going to do shit. And when I got to that prep school year, right? Day one, I was like, Hey, showing up at the Naval Academy next year, right? We're getting ready now, military time. And so day one, we go gym. And in that year, I threw on 20 to 30 pounds. I was eating more. I was taking protein shakes for the first time ever in my life. Every single day showing up at that gym, learning, growing, and confidence and self-esteem was also on the rise. And so I wanted to be ready as a plebe or as a freshman at the Naval Academy. And from that point forward, never stopped. Never. In the last 10, 11, 12 years, however long it's been, it's been a crucial and critical part of my life. And um, I don't know where I'd be without it. Yeah. That's so funny. You talked about, um, like you kind of get starting that feed, feedback loop going. You, you talked about how you start your self-esteem started going up and I think so hard it can be you're so, so often it can be hard for people to want to make that lifestyle change. But as soon as you do, you start cashing in on that you know, investment. It's, it's crazy. Like you go out for your first run, you know, the first run might not be great, but after like a week or two of running, you start feeling better. You start running faster. You go to the gym. Like you said, you're not going to, you know, maybe enjoy that very first lift, but you start getting some of that feedback and it's crazy how it feels it. hundred percent, man. It's momentum. It's positive momentum in the forward direction and it can't be stopped. True. Truthfully, I live by that. And, um, I love seeing other people do well and find their, you know, respective momentum and it's contagious. That's great. Yeah, where was the what what prep school was it? It was Northfield Mount Hermon School in Western Massachusetts. I imagine that was pretty isolating up there. Oh, dude, demons for sure. The winters. So I was like used to the snow and the cold, but it was in the mountains. It was a beautiful campus, but as soon as winter strikes, I mean, there isn't much to do up there, and um, definitely interesting to say the least. And that was a hard year overall mentally because I felt left out that I hadn't gone directly to college following high school. So it was like a victory lap here. And, um, you know, you're back in high school with high school kids. So it was a little bit difficult. And then seeing my friends, you know, doing keg stands and chasing tail at Arizona state or university of Miami, that was hard seeing that, you know, through Facebook there, I was, as I was, you know, locked in on a Friday night, not doing anything. So, uh, it, it was for the best though. I'm, I'm appreciative of the opportunity. Yeah. As a, as a fellow Napster, I can tell you, you didn't miss much up in naps, but I do relate to what you said about, you know, finding your demons up there. Like when I was at NAFS, that was such an isolating experience. And it was oh, I believe it. something that, you know, really honed me in on like what hard work was and then how you actually like find that determination to be something else, be something that, that you were in high school or previous. And you can kind of mold yourself into, you know, whatever you want to be from that point, which Absolutely. I think is pretty awesome. So, um, so, you know, once you clicked and you're like, all right, I'm locked in on the gym where we, and you know, you, you still had nine, what 10, it's really funny to think about at that point in your life. You still have like 10 years of kind of a commitment to go. Um, yeah. For those, you don't know, like once you start college, you basically got a nine year, um, military kind of commitment at that point in a sense. Um, so at that point where you already kind of locked in on like, all right, I know that I want this to be a central part of my life. And like, I want to make this a career at some point. Or when did that start really becoming like a real, like a realistic goal for you? Sure. No, great question. Basically, when I was a plebe, I was in 25th company. And for some psychotic reason, we weren't, at least by our company's rules, we weren't allowed to go to MACD. So for those listening, MACD is the gym, you know, on campus at the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. We were not allowed to like against the rules. And so we had to find creative ways to get after it and stay after it. But we were also waking up at like four o'clock in the morning, every single morning, I believe, and doing flutter kicks and running. And like our bodies, 
were starting to break down because we had a psychopath <laughs> leading training. And um, there's other stories that on my own podcast I get into, and it's absolutely insane. Um, you know, the Navy Times or Big Navy would have loved to hear some of the stuff that they were doing to us. But once again, it, it made us stronger and better for it now. But it was one of those things that I actually didn't have full access to a gym in my plebe year, my freshman year. And the day we put the cover back on Herndon, I said it to my buddies and I had dinner with one of them the other day and they actually remember the story as well. The day that we put the cover on Herndon ended plebe year officially, that afternoon or evening, boom, for the first time being able to go to MACD without any restrictions or any restraints. And I started to gain momentum or really start to see gains kick in, I would say, sophomore and junior year. And I started being known for my arms more specifically because they were responding well to the training and the stimuluses I was placing upon them. It was about, yeah, about junior year or so. And everyone at the Naval Academy for the most part was fit or was getting after it. And there was really a cool, strong culture community in MACD. Sure. And there's a lot of people even after graduation that I had never talked to at the Naval Academy, but I can see them now like in the fleet or now as a veteran be like, yo, you were one of the OG MACD rats, right? And they would laugh and like, yeah, I remember you too. So kind of like that bond to that culture, at least within the health and fitness realm, that was super appealing to me. And I kind of found um, a role in that, which was nice. And then when I graduated and entered the fleet, I started getting asked by a lot of people to write workout programs or asking if they could come train with me. And then one of the ways as an officer, at least, whether you're in the army, Marine Corps, Navy, one of the like, best ways, it's not the only way, but one of the best ways to gain respect at your commander on your ship is to be one of the dudes who gets in there and gets after it and pumps because in the aft pump room on this ship, there was only a few of us officers that were getting after it. Most of these swos and, you know, people who are maybe five, six, 10, 15 years into their career. Unfortunately, they didn't do jack shit. So there was maybe like three or four of us that were in there consistently and the sailors and Marines, they're taking notes and they're watching. And like, even if, you know, they didn't like your leadership style or, um, didn't connect with you personally, they would at, least, at the very least go, Hey, I seen this guy training the gym on our ship. He's working. He's at least working and grinding for it. And that in itself gained respect. And so, um, I would say it was kind of a plethora of things that came to fruition there in regards to getting noticed, getting respected, seeing personally how I could help other people and not, you know, only other people in their programs and their mental and physical health, but also more importantly, taking care of myself and seeing how that could get me through the highs and lows of my life. It was extremely powerful. And it's something that we have control of, whether it's five, 10, 15 minutes, or maybe you can slave away in there for an hour or two hours, or maybe you don't even go to the gym. Maybe it's a run. Maybe you're surfing, snowboarding, skiing, whatever the activity is, it's incredibly powerful for your you know, mental, physical, and emotional health. And I stand by that to this day. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's say if you don't mind, I'll, I'll ask one more follow-up and then I feel like I've been, yeah, I've been asking questions. First off, love the MACD callback. Um, I mean, you know, I, I had a little bit of privilege getting to work out on Ricketts, which is an awesome facility. But one of my favorite things to do was to go to uh, MACD on like a Sunday night, especially in like the spring and the off season. MACD Sunday night, arm farm, you know, get ready for the week, clear, clear, you know, sweat it out, clear some steam. So I appreciate that. Um but so, you, you know, you talked about getting inspired while you were serving, but, you know, I know from my experience too, people kind of have these expectations and you're leaving the military that you're going to go into this, you know, typical corporate kind of job, or you're going to go, go work for, you know, get a recruiter to help you find a job. I'm sure you faced a lot of people that were doubting, you know, you pursuing fitness as a career. How did you deal with that negativity? Um, yeah. I'd love to just hear about that. Well, dude, I've been getting negativity or people hating or trying to convince me to do X, Y, Z, probably starting in high school, all the way up to where I wanted to be stationed in the Navy or going and studying abroad in Madrid, Spain. Like Those are awesome opportunities to be able to move to San Diego, California, or to go study abroad while at the Naval Academy and go to Spain. And there were still people telling me it would be the biggest mistake of my life why would you do that? I mean, oh my God, you're going to miss a semester at the Naval Academy or damn, you want to go out on the West Coast? Why? So far from the East Coast. And a lot of that comes from a good place, right? Good intentions. People love you. They care about you. They want you to be around. But at the end of the day, I made the decision that I was going to follow my gut. And so when I had followed my gut X, Y, or Z times, 
and I had positive reinforcement that it worked out, to me, this was nothing different. And I'll tell you, the pressure is definitely there getting out of the military or being a Naval Academy graduate. If you're not going corporate or if you're not going and making six figures within a year of getting out, sometimes there is, I don't know, a, a questioning attitude or people's curiosity on why you're not following this direct path. And especially too, when you combine that with living in a van or traveling and doing van life, that like doubles or triples it. So there's been a ton of people who have been super supportive, um, friends, family, even complete strangers on the internet. And at the same time, people hating, doubting, once again, friends, family, and random people on the internet. So you have to follow your gut. And that's my number one thing is like, whatever is going to make you happy or whatever is going to bring you purpose or fulfillment. Because in the latter years of my time in the Navy, sadly enough, and I hate saying this, but this is just true. I lost a sense of purpose and fulfillment. And a lot of that had to do with what went down on specific deployments. But ultimately, I made a decision getting out of the Navy that even if I was to make, I don't know, a third or a fourth of the paycheck, but I was able to go travel or train or put myself out there and meet people, even if I was to make less money, but be more happy, to me, I didn't give a shit who was telling me what. So I followed my gut and thus far it's worked out. Definitely not perfect. Have definitely made mistakes, but it's about learning from those mistakes or learning from other people's mistakes, taking in this insight and boom, pressing forward and just trying to do the best you can. Joe, one thing that I've loved watching on Illuminati Iron is the challenges that you've done. One, I want to get into that in a second, but another thing is the the podcast that you're doing right now. Like you are just so unapologetic, unapologetically you, right? And so with that, there's got to be some criticism from that and some negative feedback. Like how do you how do you handle that? Or do you just you just push it off? You know, at first, man, it is actually difficult because there are people that you care about or you respect, or you really value their opinion or think that unconditionally they'll love and support you. And sometimes often, right. That even comes in the form of family where like you get blindsided thinking that you have this indestructible support and love and people rooting for you. And through time or through years, the truth gets exposed. And oftentimes the truth hurts. And I can definitely tell you across the last three or five years of my life, it's definitely been one of those things that um, I've learned and grown from and with hate or with doubt, instead of letting that lead you down self-destruction or affecting your self-esteem, you basically outwork that self-doubt or you can use that hatred or anger and mold it into a form of motivation or fuel for when you don't feel like doing X, Y, or Z, or you don't want to show up for this workout, or you wake up in the morning and it's cold, or you want to click the snooze button on your alarm. If you can take these things and manipulate it, even if you had to tell yourself a fake story or reality to basically fire you up or get you in there to go do what you need to do, to me, dude, once you do that a certain number of times, you realize how powerful it is. Now, I don't think resentment is healthy. I like to, at least through the years, try to work on that. I'm always a work in progress, but I will tell you that anger or trying to prove people, not only yourself, right. But other people to like, you shouldn't have bet against me or you thought I wasn't going to do this. Hey, screw you sit down, watch and put that butter on your popcorn. And when you start getting this positive momentum and seeing results and you're changing and these people get quiet, right? Quiet as church much. Like I said earlier, it's super fulfilling, but at the end of the day, these other people, they don't actually matter. It's really you, your relationship with yourself, your self-confidence, your self-esteem, and ultimately how you treat other people and that you don't become what these other people have maybe been to you. So I try to support everyone, you know, whether I like something or don't like something, at the end of the day, people want truthful feedback or the, the honest, you know, thoughts or opinions. I'll give that to them. But at the end of the day, there's no reason to be an ass or to be someone who's trying to pull other people down. And what you normally see when people are doing that to you, it's oftentimes they have an issue with themselves or there's something in their life that's really, you know, bothering them or they're struggling with it. It actually has nothing to do with you and they're just projecting. So once you grow up or as the years go by, you start to truthfully understand and feel that to me now, dude, it's, it's a drop in the bucket. It literally doesn't bother me. Using that criticism to, to help yourself grow. That's, 
That's insane. I love that. Uh, that that kind of, I mean, going into an injury that you had, which, by the way, if I have to see another video of the double bicep tear, I'm going to lose my mind, Joe. It, it is so cringy. Like, it I hurts. Did. It. Oh, man. I, I can't I'm, watch I'm, it. I did. I've scrolled past it every time. I gotta be honest. Like, I dude, love your content, but yeah, I'm just, I can't, I can't, it's just, you know, I can't do it. I can't watch it. That makes two of us. I literally, yeah. when I edit these, I know how to edit them to where I don't have to watch. And I know like the exact seconds or minutes in the video. And yeah, no, I, I can't watch it either. Even years now past the injury, this guy, PTSD yeah. is strong for sure. Joe, for the, for the people listening, what was the injury? So on an infamous preacher curl, that broke the internet. Savage, 135 <laughs> pounds, right? Unfortunately, yes. 67 plus million views. I tore both distal bicep tendons at the exact same time. And so, boom, both arms popped on me. I didn't have access to my arms for months. I had to go undergo surgery. And uh, basically, for the last year or two, been documenting that comeback, doing the best I can, and hopefully helping others. Um, you know, get through their life or, you know, through obstacles or challenges they may face. And that was a, a very difficult, it was my first injury ever, actually. So everyone, I think in the gym or through sports, like everyone gets hurt. That's just part of the game, but there's a difference between getting hurt and getting injured. And so I had a hard dose of reality uh, with this being my first injury and I don't wish it upon anybody. Two questions from that. Do you still do preacher girls to this day? And then also, was there any uh, like self-doubt that you'd come back from that? So no, I have not done a preacher curl since that day. I miss it. Every single day I miss preacher curls. That was one of my bread and butter exercises. Now, luckily enough for me, there's all these other great arm exercises where you can build yourself up and you don't need preacher curls. I was in a unique situation and people ask me like, hey, what can I do for this, you know, not to happen to me? There's a 99.9% .9 chance that's not going to happen to anyone listening. I was in a very unique setup. So basically I had a self-made or, I had manipulated my squat rack into a preacher curl bench and you can get into the physics or the setup and where my body placement was. But at the end of the day, you know, this never happens to people. And my surgeon world renowned surgeon that, um, was calling all over the world asking, Hey, I have this gentleman who's torn both distal bicep tendons. Does anyone have, you know, any experience with this type of, you know, procedure? Typically people only tear one, but luckily enough for me, because of the exact situation or setup I was in, it was basically, um, you know, the perfect setup to do what I did. And I made a mistake and I did not want to post that. Um, so in regards to the self-doubt that you were talking about, it was one of those challenging moments for me where I had to make a decision because when all these things are going well, sponsorships are coming in, you're crushing this marathon, you're pop top, you're dancing around like OBJ, super easy to film. So super easy uh, to get on camera and make posts and do X, Y, and Z. Unfortunately, it's not all roses. And that was one of the first times of like some real big time adversity that I had a decision. Do I hide this, not post it and just pretend, hey guys, uh, taking some time off social media. I'll see you when I see you. And then no one knows. But at the end of the day, I would then be a hypocrite because I had been talking up all these months and years about being transparent, about being honest and showing the highs and lows via social media. Cause most people don't show the lows. And so I was like, okay, let's do this. I'm going to post my injury. I'm going to get a, a ton of hate. Maybe there'll be some love or support there. Let's send it. And boom, I posted it. And exactly that some amazing connections, relationships, love, support, people that I didn't even know were watching came to me. And that was super amazing. And at the same time too, as you know, post-surgery, I'm sitting there and I'm literally directed by the doctors. You are not allowed to sweat. You are not allowed to work out or train. I had to sit there and watch across my screen, people trying to kick me while I was down, sending me DMs, awful, hateful, negative things that I can't even imagine actually typing out and sending to somebody, especially someone like I don't even know. Like that's one thing about the internet that I came to learn through that viral video is that there are so many people that are miserable and are toxic and are like trying to escape the reality of their lives that even if it gives them two or three seconds of personal relief from whatever they're going through, they will type out and send some awful things. And at first, like reading those comments was a very, very bad idea. I should not have done that. And I had to learn the hard way because I'm scrolling and it was just thousands and thousands of people. 
And um, I ended up making the decision to like stop looking at the comments um, and just focus on what I could control. And that was, you know, hours of sleep, nutrition, hydration, mobility, following my PT, right? Physical therapy. That is essential. And when I started seeing positive reinforcement from that, it gave me at least the confidence or at least, um, I don't know, I'm not going to say motivation because motivation comes and goes, but it was the inspiration to hopefully make this a success story so that if I documented it, my story could hopefully help out someone else who's going through it. And, you know, two years deep now with some of the people who have reached out, whether it's been injuries or divorces, um, divorces or um, I don't know, just obstacles that we all go through. It's really nice and reinforcing to see that at least my story has given some inspiration or motivation or at least the drive to let others know, hey, if you do the work, you can turn this around or you can you know, come out on the other side in a good spot. Well, dude, I remember, you know, yeah, it's been inspiring to see that two year arc is crazy. That it's been like two years now. I remember when you, I remember, I feel like I remember when it first happened. I remember you posting the daily green juice, getting your walks mm -hmm. in, um, you know, just like staying consistent. And, um, I mean, that was inspiring to see, um, you know, funny you brought up too, like that 2021 marathon. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but we ran by each other at the Carlsbad, uh, Carlsbad of course I remember. back in 2021, dude. So that's super, super funny to see. But, um, and also, I mean, I don't think anyone would be convinced that, you know, you tore both bicep tendons two years ago. I mean, your bicep vein is about to poke me in the eye through the camera right now. So it's <laughs> awesome just to see your comeback. Um, so obviously like the training, was something that you built up over the years. Um, I'm curious how like the content creation and like you, I don't know if you call yourself a fitness influencer, but I mean, you're a fitness influencer. Like did, did that kind of come natural as you try to expand your business? And like, how'd you step into that role? So ever since I was actually younger, I always loved messing around with the video camera. So me and my, I have three younger brothers. We used to make videos with this old school video camera. And I always loved being the director or being the person holding the camera and filming my brothers or, you know, all the shenanigans we used to do. And even in like right now, up to this day, like people may assume because how I am on camera um, or my energy or, you know, the things I do in post, a lot of people assume that like, I'm very uncomfortable in front of the camera or like, I prefer to be in front of it. And actually the reality is I actually prefer to be behind it. I love still to this day, filming other people, but of course with my brand and my company and getting my message out, I have to be the one in front of it delivering. So um, camera work and editing and using it as an art or as a skill and always getting better with it to me brings a lot of purpose and fulfillment. So whether that's watching YouTube videos or watching content and seeing how I can make my own flavor or twist with my own brand or with my own platform, it's super exciting to me. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't really fall into one title, right? So some would call me a podcaster now. Some would call me or label me a fitness influencer. Others would call me a videographer um, or an editor. So I just consider myself just literally an average dude who's just chasing the dream and trying to make something of his life and unapologetically putting my stuff out there and being transparent and raw. And I had experience and some prior social media projects or accounts where I used to hold back three to 5% because maybe I didn't want to put myself completely out there. Or whenever I get this energy or I really want to release it, I would hold that in because I was trying to maybe fit a specific mold. And now, by the way, I'm talking with the way on this, um, on the podcast or on my Instagram stories daily, if I get pumped up or like post Murph, I'm screaming into the camera and I'm going googly eyed or you see the demons coming out and I'm smiling, the hair's going everywhere. Like all of that's real. It's not an act. It's what I'm feeling. And I say what I want. I don't care. Cancel me. Come after me. I literally don't care. I'm going to be raw, real, and people are going to see what they get, you know, or get what they see, you know? So that's just the way I do it. I think people notice that transparency, transparency or um, organic content. And um, otherwise they see right through it and you end up becoming most of what the other influencers or people on the internet are, where they'll tell you X, Y, or Z, or how you should be doing this or this, and they're not doing it themselves. And I do not want to be a hypocrite. I'm scared of that. With some of the uh, some of the content you've created, I don't know if you're trying to be funny, but you are you are a pretty funny, dude. And I appreciate <laughs> that because it's like it's like 
there's some motivation behind it. There's some inspiration. And then there's like also some comedy where I'm just like, I love it. It's like, it's a good mix of all of it. And so going into that with the, the content that you're creating, which I think you do a great job of like intertwining, intertwining all that stuff. What is, I, I always saw you doing, you know, like seven Murphs in a row or like 2020 pull-ups in one sitting what's what's the next challenge for you or are you kind of out of that phase and just working on you know overall fitness at this point so basically the one thing that hits you after an injury which i'm still working on i think other people who have gotten hurt or injured or had surgery that they can relate to this is that you start essentially analyzing the pros and cons or the risk factor in a lot of different activities so you start not maybe, you know, taking risks, but you build into it and you grow towards the thing that you want to accomplish or do. But there's some activities, right? Like now, unfortunately, because of my choice to do what I did with the preacher curl, like I lost the privilege or opportunity to do certain activities because the risk factor to me is just not worth it. So for example, I used to love rock climbing at a gym over here in Mission Valley. Like now, because of my compromised tendon, I don't go rock climbing or bouldering. Like to me, it's just too much force or pressure on the tendon. And if I got hurt doing that activity, I would kick myself in the pants going, why did I do that? Like that wasn't worth it to me. Or for example, um, mixed grip deadlifts, right? So having one hand open on a deadlifting bar, so much easier to hold on to it. But a lot of people tear their distal bicep tendon with the hand that's open, right? So the palm that's mm. facing you or facing the camera, that tendon, as you can see on a lot of people's videos, boom, shoots up. So like, unfortunately lost the privilege there. So with a lot of these things now post-injury, I'm definitely not more cognizant, but I'm essentially a little bit more strategic as I continue to build up and build momentum towards that activity. So I've never talked about this at least recently in regards to what I'm working towards now. Um, but the Murph is once again, what I have in my sights um, I unfortunately never got the chance to do seven Murphs, but I did five in a row, um, nonstop. And that workout is just so epic and it's for a good cause and best bang for your buck, best ROI, I believe out there that you had like 30, 45 minutes or an hour to get the best bang for your buck. If you could throw down a Murph with a weight vest or without dude, amazing grind, amazing workout. So I'm building back to do one Murph and then we'll see where that goes. But People often ask me, like, what are you training for? What are you going for? And I say, I'm training for life, right? Every once in a while, maybe, you know, a race will come into play or one of these marathons or a Murph or whatever it may be. Something that pushes me out of my comfort zone and you build up to that. But all these things that we're doing now, it allows me to be ready not only for physical feats or adventures that I partake in, but also to be ready for life, to be, you know, dependable or to be able to be strong and to be able to hopefully, um, you know, come clutch if, if I'm ever needed. To me, that's super important. And longevity is something I really focus on. Yeah. I think my, yeah. my favorite podcast of yours is the one, I, I don't know if it was the first or the second one, but when he talked about the the 70 something year old couple that yeah. basically crushed you guys up the mountain. And it's like in life, we're not, I, th I think at this point, we shouldn't be focused on, because we're not professional athletes, right? We're not trying to, you know, make that play on the 40 yard line anymore. We're trying to get to 70 years, 70 years old and crushing mountain hikes or still surfing when you're 60 or something like that. So I love that what you said and, you know, just training for life and training to be healthy and mobile when we're older is mm -hmm. incredibly important. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you did. So five Murphs back to back, was that, what was it? Is that 10 miles of running? How'd you break that one up? Yeah. So it was like, like reg regular standard Murph. You start yeah. with a mile, hit up the calisthenics for anyone listening. The Murph is a one mile run, hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats. And then you end it with a one mile run. So at the end of that first Murph, you finish that mile, boom, turn around and you start Murph two and then Murph three and then boom. And a lot of people will think that it's crazy or like that it's impossible. But the one thing I urge people, you know, that are listening is that I actually don't think it's that crazy. And the reason why is because I was there for all the work that led up to that moment. And some other people were as well. Like I didn't just throw on that and just go do a quintuplet Murph. It was do one Murph. Okay. 
Next week, do one Murph again. Next week, a Murph without a weight vest. Now, boom, a Murph the next week with a heavier weight vest than you're usually used to. And so you build up to it. Then, boom, once you can do one Murph, now you go into the second. So it wasn't something you just jump into. It's the same thing with these push-ups and pull-ups and these air squat challenges. Same thing with running a marathon. You can sometimes just run and jump into something, but obviously you increase the chance or risk of you getting hurt. Like if I held a gun to someone's head today and said, if you don't run a marathon tomorrow, you and or your entire family dies. Very extreme, very dark, but it's actually crazy when there's something like that on the line. Humans are so strong and resilient that even if it meant them crawling the last 10 miles, digging deep, they would actually get it done. And so that's one thing I like to say, or at least with my own training is like, if someone held a gun to my head and said, if you don't complete this one Murph or these two Murphs or these five, like you're going down, like your world's ending tomorrow. Okay. Like that pressure's on or like I'm self-imposing that let's get it done. Like no excuses. Even if I have to walk, even if I have to break up the push-ups or pull-ups down to this number, even if it's just one pull-up at a time, I am not leaving this gym until it's done and you get it done and you prove yourself right and you build confidence. Dude, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, you said at any, at any point you could just do one more pull up. I mean, Travis and I just did a, a 50 mile run, and like during it, um, I did. I got to the point where I could not, like, I couldn't run anymore. And it was like, well, it's gonna take me some time, but there's absolutely no chance I stop, and I can always just keep taking one step forward. And I think that's what that was. That's what for me makes fitness like so powerful and so much fun you know, you start, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you start seeing those incremental gains and you get that, you start getting that confidence in your head. I've talked about it with Travis before too, about like the idea of empowerment. Like all of a sudden it starts carrying over to other um, aspects of your life. Um, I'm sure you can relate, but like, you know, you're like, wait, I can set out a training plan. I can accomplish this physical goal. Like I can do the same thing in my, in my business, in my, you know, life, how, you know, whatever my work. Um, for you, I'm sure you've had like multiple partnership deals coming your way and you're like, how the heck am I going to balance all this stuff? And you just kind of start building it out. Yep. It's not a extremely steep hill or mountain. It's kind of like a gradual curve and you adjust and you win and you lose and you capitalize on the things that, you know, you didn't do well or that you could do better. And it just is a machine that builds itself over time. It's amazing. Yeah. One thing you Did said you earlier, I'm all bad. Jarvis, you want to go? Go for it. You got it. I was just going to say like, so one thing you said earlier too, is um, like right now you're just, you know, trying to build like towards your dream. Um, So, you know, so I think some people will probably look at what you're doing right now and say, you are like living out your dream. Um, Do you have like a different like long-term goal for like where you're trying to get? You know, dude, that's a great question. And I mean, in some ways, yes, but in other ways, no. And I would like to put it this way. I mean, fitness for me, man, whether it's something I can do every single day or something that maybe drops down to two or three days per week, I always see myself staying active and taking care of myself, um, not only for myself, but so that I can be better for other people. And so intrinsically, there's motivation there for however long I have on this planet, I want to make the most of it. And a lot of that will start with a morning workout or a morning run or something to set my intentions and keep myself on the path. In regards to the brand, um, there's been some cool opportunities that have arisen and some cool um, partnerships and relationships that are have formed and continue to form. And so I don't know where those will go. Um, if someone listening right now is like wondering, like, if I could do anything, like, what would that be? One of my goals or one of my dreams would honestly be to be a coach or a personal trainer for a high performance or high value business professional or professional athlete or someone who's trying to level up their life. And whether that entailed traveling around the world or going from this city to that city and holding someone accountable, working with them in their schedule, focusing on their nutrition and literally being in the shadows, right? Or being behind the curtain and supporting this operation that's bigger than myself to me. I know that would bring a lot of purpose and fulfillment. Um, but one, one thing that I've learned and have seen that like a lot of those ideas or dreams, you can work towards them, but there's a lot out of your control. And oftentimes when you're least expecting things, that's when they come into play or an opportunity will arise. And the question is, is will you be ready for it? Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to stay ready. Yeah. Be ready for those opportunities when they come. That's what's up. Yeah. Joe, bringing it back to something you said earlier about uh, when the, your time in the Navy and building respect with the people that you worked with in the Navy, you, 
you'd bring them out to work out. So you'd be, you'd be right there running the 5k or the 10k or whatever it was. But, you know, contrary to popular belief, the, the Navy is not the most fit organization. Um, and something that I've struggled with is kind of relating with some of the people that I'm trying to, I guess, motivate or inspire to live a healthier lifestyle. How do you, or how would you connect or inspire these people to live a healthier lifestyle that they're not necessarily on the track to do? And maybe they do that workout with you or you provide them with some sort of plan, but it's in their, it's in their hands now, you know, and like, how do you, how do you make sure that they follow that plan and actually go down that route of being better? Dude, I struggled a lot with this in my earlier years as a trainer. Not as much now, because once again, things start to make sense where you learn people and you study human behavior and you have hundreds of clients and you get to see a lot of commonalities or differences and how people work and how they respond to things and their commitment levels. The one thing I learned, and this is any trainer, anyone out there, I mean, even if you're, you know, somebody's loved one and you're trying to get them on the path or a best friend or a significant other, at the end of the day, you can be a positive influence. You can be a source of knowledge or motivation, but at the end of the day, you can never do the work for the person. And this is also stems out of health and fitness, right? With communication or responsibilities or being able to show up for your work or whatever it may be, getting on, getting to a place on time. It has to make sense with that individual. And I used to care oftentimes more than my clients or loved ones. So I remember like in my earlier stages of being a trainer, like I would get so bent out of shape or like not take it personal, but like I'd be putting so much of me and my heart, my energy and my time towards trying to help someone get them on the path. And you will see that like, I remember one time while I was on deployment, there was a sailor who like was telling me how ready they were for a change, how they hated, how they looked and how they felt. And I put like two, three or four hours into a program for them. And they did one workout of that program and then didn't do anything afterwards. And that was one of those come to Jesus moments where I realized people like don't care like how much you put into this or how much like I'm invested in this. If they don't have something that holds them accountable, if they don't have a thing or a source of motivation or inspiration, especially when the times get tough or difficult, most of the times they'll fall off. And I don't really care what that source of motivation is, right? Maybe it's for longevity and being, you know, that hot dad or mom down the future or that grandfather that can still play with their grandkids. Or maybe it's motivated by money or they made a payment on this program so they're going to honor it. Like money can definitely be a good motivator. Oftentimes it's not. Or it could be, hey, like I want to attract, you know, more girls or go out and have a better chill to pull ratio. Sometimes that in itself <laughs> is strong enough to keep someone on the path. I don't care what it is, but it has to be strong enough to basically get through those tough times or challenging times or moments when no one's looking, you know, you have to do this or that. And it, it's binary. You get it done or you don't. It's, it's funny. It, I had a, I had a classmate like probably two weeks ago. Now um, we were just talking about, I don't know. She, she made a comment to me that, about running or something. She's like, Oh, I just, she's like, how do I get motivated? I was like, I have no idea. Like I literally could not tell you how to get motivated. Like, that's something you have to figure out on your own. And, and motivation only lasts so long. It's something Travis and I have gone back and forth on. Like the purpose of this podcast, you know, we want to bring these ins like inspiring stories out. Like your story is inspiring for multiple reasons. The number one thing that really stood out to us is the fact that you went all in on yourself. Like, you know, you had this gut feeling like, hey, I want to, you know, make a living out of being in the fitness community. And you went for it. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of struggle with doing that but we're not looking, we're not here to like motivate people necessarily. Like, I think there's a difference in inspiring and, and motivation. Um, so yeah, dude, I mean, and, and your content is motivating. I'll say you fire people up, you know, you. if I like, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm already committed to going to the gym before I watch your videos, but now I'm just like, all right, well now I gotta, I gotta amp it up a bit. So, I mean, yeah. Yo, Pat on, on to that point, you should listen to a podcast for on strength in the shadows yeah. to gym motivation or gym fuel. I'm not, I'm not sure the title of it, but it's, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. also Joe, your chill to pull ratio just has to be immaculate right now with Python arms. But, uh, one thing like, let's, let's get into what is strength, strength in the shadows. Like, tell us a little bit about that. What is your message behind that? 
because I'm, you know, listening to it, there's like motivation. And then the last episode that you dropped, she's talking about hazing at the Academy, <laughs> electrically funny. So yeah, tell us a little bit about just your podcast and your, your message behind it. So my podcast is called Strength in the Shadows. And this is something that I've been deliberating for a while now. I've been getting a lot of positive reinforcement and support for people to start as people told me that I would be good at it or that people would find value, whether it be a laugh, right? A chuckle or some, some inspiration or motivation. And I think telling stories has been always something that I've done well at, or at least I've enjoyed. And I love documenting. I'm not as much into creating, but documenting for me is how I have the endurance to keep making content or putting things out there. So if you can document, it's really just going off of your experience and what's happened to you day to day, or in my case, telling stories that have happened to me in the past. So it's fun to basically take these stories or my experiences and share them with my audience. And so the podcast, essentially episodes will be between five minutes and roughly 25 or 30 minutes. So maybe around 10 to 20 minutes is the sweet spot there where each episode will be a story or it'll be a pre-workout fuel rant for someone to put on pre-run or before tackling an F45 class or going to the gym on their own or doing calisthenics at home, whatever it may be. It's just an alternative way to hopefully, once again, get a laugh, get a chuckle, or to hear some of my experiences. And hopefully you can take you know a nugget or two of knowledge or inspiration and bring that into your own life to however it brings you value. So dude, I'm just telling stories on the podcast, having fun with it. And um, like you said, like being unapologetic, it's unfiltered. I click record there on the video camera and then boom, let it rock, let it rage. And I just let it all out and I don't hold back. It may ruffle feathers, especially if it continues to gain popularity and downloads. And right now it has a good upwards trajectory. I'm super appreciative of everyone listening. It will most likely ruffle feathers. And also there's gonna be a lot of people that love it and can't wait each week for you know each episode. And to me, you know that's the game. You're gonna have people that support you. You're gonna have people that wanna bring you down. I'm here for it and I appreciate everybody. So Strength in the Shadows has been a great journey thus far. I'm five episodes deep and every Monday going forward, one new episode every single Monday. That's what's yeah, up. it's 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 electric. I mean, if for those that haven't haven't looked at it right now, you should you should definitely head over there. Start off with episode five. You might as well. It's it's some comedy relief. I mean, the title is The Semen Demon and Military Hazen. There's also there's also some something about a plebe centipede um that is just i mean i can't even <laughs> it's all real it, just... it all actually happened that's the one thing about these stories is like everything is fact in it and it's crazy it's so unbelievable that people would think it's maybe exaggerated or like blown out of proportion and only half of it no everything i'm saying actually happened and it's scary but it's funny now but at the time it was not funny and that's part of the joy in all of this so maybe on that note, I mean, the podcast is fresh. Um, what what else? Like, what's next for Illuminati Iron? Um, what do you have your sights on right now? So travels come here and there. So sometimes sporadically because of my lifestyle, and I'm super grateful for it and how I've set it up. If a travel opportunity comes up and I can do X, Y, or Z in X, Y, or Z country or state or national park, I'm always down for it. So um, I usually keep people updated, updated on, with my travels uh, on my Instagram. Uh, have a bunch of YouTube videos lined up here, um, mixing, you know, the home gym life with gym equipment reviews. And of course, some of these upcoming challenges and documenting those such as Murph. So once again, expect Murph coming up here and we're just going to try to do a little bit better each and every time and document yeah. that and put that out for the people. And then strength in the shadows, like I said, the podcast that I'm going all in with that as well. And so trying to balance all these different types of things um, is an art in itself. And it's always a work in progress. So I'm just trying to deliver and put myself out there and see what hits or maybe, you know, strikes lightning and uh, maybe something will evolve or, you know, continue to grow to a point where uh, maybe it can be a sole focus. But this time I'm basically just trying to give my all to everything and everyone and uh, we'll see what works out. But YouTube, Instagram and Spotify or Apple podcasts is where people find me. Dude, it, it all delivers. Um, I don't think you ever have to worry about that, whether it's you roller rollerblading through Pacific Beach or crushing whatever workout your content has hit 100 percent of the time so i'm Thank super you, pumped to continue to listen to the podcast i think i think i've listened to the first three i think i missed the i guess the last one or two um but i love them dude like bite-sized chunks 
like you said, mixing up the different topics. I love it. It's, it's Thank great. You, brother. Thank you. Joe, before we head into a couple of last questions for us, what, what's your next travel plan? Is that what I get? I get a kick out of seeing where you go next. So you definitely make van life look like insane. Dude, like dropping workouts in Yosemite. Like who else is doing that? <laughs> no, I've been super lucky. I love national parks, dude. That's been something that definitely brought me joy and it makes it so easy in the van. That's the one thing about van life is that you can literally park anywhere, sleep anywhere. I have a shower here. I have a kitchen, obviously a bed and an office or studio. So um, it's really nice. Like I said, super fortunate to have that. Actually, at this time, to believe it, or, believe it or not, I don't have any trips or travel coming up, especially in 2023 here. Um, oftentimes, like I'll monitor flights or see areas or places in the world that I want to go. And if the price is right, or if I think I can swing something here in the van and I have some days off from maybe clients or content commitments, I'll just literally, because the van's always ready, boom, take off. So I actually, believe it or not, maybe for the first time in a while, I don't have anything planned. And this past year, especially, was really jam-packed as I went to South America and backpacked. And then, of course, recently got back um, from a van trip to Montana. And then I ran amok in Southeast Asia and lived in Bali for a couple months, which was absolutely unbelievable. So um, I'm all over the place. But best believe uh, when that travel trip comes uh, to reality, you guys will be the first to know. Let's go. Nice Looking forward know. to it. Joe, one you know, one thing that I, I don't think we discussed was why, why Illuminati iron? What's up with the name? So on my second deployment, I had a lot of time to brainstorm or come up with, you know, the title of my company or my brand. And so I had about eight months or so uh, in the shadows coming up with it, brainstorming. And I wanted to come up with something that was unique and also something that meant something to me and that I could resonate with and hopefully other people could resonate with. And with Illuminati Iron, right? The Illuminati has its own appeal where it's kind of like this, once again, you could date this back to you know Bavaria and Germany, but essentially it became a social icon where Jay-Z or Beyonce would throw up you know, the triangle or you'll see it on clothing or embedded within certain brands you know, or logos or campaign lines, whatever it may be. And so I thought about it, right? Like Illuminati. And then I tagged iron on because iron with its reference to the gym and training and, and health and fitness. And I really sat down and thought about it and was like, okay, the Illuminati, whether you agree with it or not, is like an in the shadows, behind the scenes, you know, powerful, strong influence. So not seen, don't know where they are, but they are doing something. And to me, I take that approach with health and fitness that if even if you're not on social media, if you're not a public uh, a public um, figure or a professional athlete or whoever, like you can have so much influence, right? Underground influence through just taking care of yourself in health and fitness. So by training and taking care of yourself with running or stretching or yoga or weights or Pilates, whatever it is, you therefore become a better brother, sister, spouse, you know, mother, father, whatever it may be. And when you're better to other people, therefore they feed off of that, or they maybe have, you know, a source of inspiration or motivation. And then it's basically a kinetically linked or chained idea that good, positive, supportive, capable, strong people can essentially overlap. And that influence can go super deep as, as big as you want it to go. And so whether someone's, like I said, on social media or not, by you showing up and taking care of yourself and putting in the work and being better for other people, I think that in itself is extremely powerful and it speaks volumes. And uh, that's what Illuminati Iron is all about is underground influence and doing the work even when nobody's looking. Amen, brother. I love how well-versed you are with all your answers. Like, It's pretty fascinating. It's cool. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I can tell you guys are reps behind the camera. So we can only we can only hope to be like you one day. You guys will be better. Just keep it. Just keep it going. You'll be good. Inspiring us, Joe. Hey, uh, to close it up, man. Uh, we got three questions for you. Sure. And we'll just rifle them off. And uh, yeah, here we go. So, what would be your perfect home gym setup? I know you're probably close to it right now, but like, what is your if you could have it right now? Anything you want? My setup right now, honestly, it's um, it is a dream come true for sure. Obviously, you're limited to space. Whereas I wish my garage was bigger and I could bring in additional pieces, but 
I think, and I guess with your question here, is it like what pieces of equipment do I value or like what the exact setup would be if I had it my way and like money was unlimited, for example, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, exactly. So I think honestly, and what I live and trained by is that the basics work. So you don't need to get super fancy or over the top. Obviously I love nice equipment and um, some great companies out there are producing some amazing things that hold a lot of true value. But, you know, ideal gym man for me, squat rack, and then of course, bumper plates, dumbbells, of course, a standard barbell or specialty barbells only fuel the fire there. I think a lat pull down machine has a lot of value, functional trainer. You can get extremely strong, extremely fit with kettlebells. So my gym setup has always had at least a few different kettlebells. Um, I love working the posterior chain. So developing those hamstrings, um, glutes, right? Your hips, like that's one thing as we continue to get older, focusing on hip health, especially as a runner or a hybrid athlete, insanely important. And that will prove to have a lot of dividends, you know, down the line here, a lot of benefits. Um, so seated calf raise machine, um, a Nordic bench, a lane or prone leg curl machine. I would love to have a leg extension machine to hit the quads. And, um, I'm trying to think, I mean, the more the merrier when it comes to machines, but I always prioritize free weights. So bumper plates or, um, steel plates, dumbbells, you can't go wrong with them. And if you have a bench, especially that's adjustable, um, so much ROI, so much versatility you have in your hands there. And so, um, that would, is what I would say the ideal gym would be for me. Um, would probably need at least another, you know, a double garage, so to speak, uh, to fit in a few more things, but pretty happy and very lucky and fortunate to have what I have now. Yes. Yeah. Great answer. And I noticed like the ski erg was one of your first ones. So maybe fall quick follow up to that. If you had to pick between ski erg, you know, regular rower or erg, and then like a assault bike, if you had to pick one of those, what would you do? So I think the torture bikes are probably the best bang for your buck mm. in regards to just cardio enhancers. Yeah. Um, I've had almost all of them except a rower, which also has a lot of value. Um, but the skier and the torture bikes um, are just unbelievable. But so, you know yeah. what I would tell you? And I was telling one of my clients the other day this, stand by it truthfully. And every single day, I actually use this piece of equipment, whether you see it on my social media or not. But the Stairmaster is un believable. If all you did was push-ups, pull-ups, air squats, and then Stairmaster, you could become an absolute freak. Yeah. But it's not fun. And I don't enjoy it, but every single day, whether I'm feeling it or I'm not, I get at least 10 minutes on the Stairmaster at an, at an intermediate or challenging pace. No hands, right? No touching, no leaning, no holding, not hugging the machine and maintaining good posture and really driving with those legs. That changed my life. 100%. So if you can swing and bring a Stairmaster into your gym or you have access to that into the gym, absolutely use it and take advantage of it. Unbelievable piece. Preach, yeah. yeah, Joe, it sounds like you need another thousand, maybe 2,000 square feet to uh, fit all those 100%. pieces in there. Yeah, I would love to own a commercial gym one day. That would be a dream come true for sure and extending the brand and being able to connect with more people and have good people like you guys come through and throw down pumps and you know, enjoy that gym. That would be unbelievable. If that's the vision to open up Illuminati Iron Paradise in, oh, come on. Don't, in SoCal, that would, that would fit right in. Amazing. I would love, it would be such an honor and privilege. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, life can go in a crazy different way or a bunch of different directions. So we'll see what emerges or comes. And a lot of it is just timing. And of course, you know, execution. You can continue yeah. to strategize and, you know, brainstorm this and that, read blogs, YouTube. At the end of the day, who's executing or who's setting themselves up to play the long game. Once again, I'm always a work in progress with that and uh, just enjoying the ride and journey. And we'll see where it takes us. Absolutely. All right. Next question. If you had to do, if you could only do one workout for the rest of your life, and I think you kind of answered this, but <laughs> what would, what would that workout be? Murph 100%, especially that like any moms or dads listening right now, like if right now, you dropped a kid on me, like, and I had a family now to support and my time was limited, or I had a job now that was taking up a lot of my time and energy. If you could do at least one Murph or two Murphs every week, weighted or unweighted, it would absolutely change and revolutionize your fitness. Hands down. Like if all, I had only three days to train, I'm not saying I would have fun. 
I'm not saying I would enjoy it, but if I'm trying to make the most of my time, the Murph hands down, right? So everyone listening, one mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and you end it with a one mile run. You're hitting the basics. You're getting strength in there and you're getting endurance. And of course, there's a mental component that you'll continue to grow and you can always go faster. That's the crazy thing with Murph. You can always go faster. You can always do better. You can always clean up the reps. So it's unlimited opportunities for growth. I'm all about that. Hands down the most diverse workout out there for sure. What's your, uh, a side note, what's your, what's your weakest part of the, the Murph? What do you struggle with the most? Dude, I think, I mean, the one thing about the Murph that I really prioritize with that I'm always a work in progress on. And honestly, especially Memorial Day, you can see on people's, you know, posts or their stories or videos, like most people, and I don't take joy or pleasure saying this, and I applaud everyone going forward and getting after it. But what I would challenge everyone, and I challenge myself on this every single time I perform Murph, is focusing on full range of motion, all the way down, all the way up. And most people don't do that. When it comes to pull-ups, push-ups, air squats, sometimes they don't even know. It's not even intentional, but they start doing half reps or they start half-assing it and they're tired and I totally get it. But I would tell you with all three movements, man, I think push-ups going all the way down and all the way up with you know a 20-pound weight vest or... 30 pound weight vest or literally no weight vest at all. And just body weight calisthenics. You can see it when you go to normal gyms, like most people aren't doing real pushups. And that's something that I went back to ground zero on a few years ago, a few years ago, put my ego at the door and said, Hey, let's practice going all the way down, all the way up timing strategically our breathing within these reps and just practicing and practicing and making, you know, certain sets, bread and butter sets. And therefore it becomes automatic and you find a groove or flow. So long-winded answer to your, your question there, definitely the push-ups because once you start getting really high numbers of pull-up sets down or you, you know your legs develop through all the posterior chain working and you're running especially, you get used to running on tired legs. Air squats, not a problem at all. It's just push-ups. I mean, it's, uh, it's a grind and it's great. Yeah, getting back to the technique. That's, that's awesome. Good preach right there. All right, last one, getting away from the workout stuff. What is your guilty pleasure? Man. So a previous addiction I used to have and that I struggled with, um, I was addicted to Sour Patch Kids watermelon, especially in high <laughs> school. Right. So as maybe people were turning to, you know, drugs and alcohol or dip, my guilty pleasure at the time was Sour Patch Kid watermelon. And I was addicted. We laugh about it. I go off on rants on my story. People laugh and chuckle, but it was completely real. And I lacked complete discipline and even thinking about sour, sour patch kids watermelon now like there's a part of my brain that lights up and i start salivating here luckily enough for me i was able to kick that addiction um i guess in regards to like i'm not a big dessert guy and i've seen sugar really hinder not only myself but other people's focus performance recovery and overall you know progress with their goals so i try to stay away from sugar um but once some there's one thing that i get you know, shat on oftentimes whenever the special occasion arises, but I get vanilla ice cream with rainbow sprinkles. It's something I was getting when I was one or two years old. And so I'm still the dude now in my thirties who, whenever gets ice cream orders vanilla with rainbow sprinkles. Um, and I get, you know, made fun of and people give me shit for it and it's, it's all good. I own it and, uh, always down to grab an ice cream cone. Um, but I mean, dude, guilty pleasure. A lot of people wouldn't think this, but believe it or not, I'm probably the biggest beer lover there never was. Mm. I love an ice cold Bavarian lager, you know, Hefeweizen, just in a chilled glass. I love beer. I love the taste of it. I can appreciate the true beauty and the art and the craftsmanship with a brewery and putting the time into basically making this perfect style of beer. Um, unfortunately enough, right? Beer doesn't go well in the health and fitness game. I think it's all about balance and not going overboard. And that's really with anything, but anywhere from like zero to two times per month, usually special occasions, we'll go out, grab a beer or two. Um, but no matter you know how I'm feeling that next day, um, and oftentimes because I don't drink often or don't drink that much, oftentimes, you know, that next day, even if I'm hungover from one beer, hey, we go gym, we get after it and we get those demons out. So uh, enjoy life, go out, do your thing, but just 
once again, I like to hold myself accountable with this is monitor the input and the expected output with your goal. So whatever you're trying to reach, whether it's a six pack, a certain mile time, certain level of muscle hypertrophy, right? Getting better in the gym. Just make sure whatever you're looking to get out, you're putting in. And if people can capitalize on their sugar and alcohol intake, usually it's one or one or two of those things, or maybe a combo of the two that if people could capitalize on and make changes on, that could be the difference between them smashing their goal and not. Just a quick quote from, from Joe here, monitor the input and the expected output. That's good. I like that. Dude, don't drink too much. Absolutely electric. Um, Dude, I'm coming out. I don't know if this is going to time up with your schedule. You know, you might be, might be jumping on a trip or something. I'm coming out to San Diego. Haven't been back since I moved last June coming out there in November. And if I could, if we could hit a pump, I mean, it would be incredible. hundred percent. Yeah. I'll be pissed if you don't let me know when you're in town. Absolutely. You're coming through. Yes. doesn't matter what time of day we're doing it. And then maybe we could stroll stroll down to Mr. Frosty's after for a little (laughs) ice cream on me. It's funny. Yeah. That's actually the place when I was thinking about vanilla with rainbow sprinkles, right? If there was some passerbyer, it would be at Mr. Frosty's right there in good old PB. So you read my mind. So good. Hey, Joe, I'm moving out to San Diego in uh, December, so I look oh, forward yeah. to seeing you out there. Let's go. But, uh, hey, wrapping this up, how how can we help you? Where can people find you at? Dude, well, at least in regards to people helping me or you two helping me, really simple, really easy, is whatever you want to do or whatever truth you're trying to live or whatever the listener right now has their goal, their eyes on, is relentlessly chase that. And understand and know that there's at least one other person. And that is me. I am with you one day at a time. We're all trying to do our best. And if people literally can have hard, honest, truthful conversations, not only with other people, but with themselves, that right there is how you can help me. Because I think we all can do a better job at that. And I really connect and really love being a part of a community or a team with people who are self-aware and are on the path. We all have different journeys, different goals, different injuries different setbacks or challenges or experiences. And I think there's something beautiful in that. So to everyone listening, keep doing you, no matter what people are saying or trying to change you or have you do this, 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 or that all good. You know what you need to do and follow your gut in regards to people finding me. If they're interested, right. They found any value in this conversation, at least within my channel and what I bring to the table on Instagram, you can find me at Illuminati iron. And then of course, like we talked about earlier, my podcast is called strength in the shadows available on spotify apple apple podcasts and last but not least youtube so find me on those social platforms love to connect send me a dm send me a text send me an email all good i'll get back to you and really appreciate all the love and support from everyone joe we appreciate it you're incredibly knowledgeable about everything your energy is up there and uh you're an inspiration to all man so appreciate your time and you being on the podcast much love boys thank you so much all right Hey team, thanks for listening to an episode of the Sonico Project. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you subscribe and rate the podcast and consider sharing with someone you think would benefit from the show. Follow us on Instagram at Team Sonico. Press on and peace out. Pat and Trav.